Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening, welcome to episode 46 of the Island Sports Talk podcast, folks. It is Spider-Man week, coming out tomorrow night. I pray it doesn't get spoiled for you. So we talk a little, you know, two, three minutes in the beginning about our hype for that, because tomorrow is a perfect day. You got Chargers, Chiefs, and then Spider-Man, no way from home. That's the way to do it. But in this episode, Colts come off a bye. Big winners off of the bye, jumping up three spots. The Vikings, long, long ago, almost blew a 29-point lead. But for Mr. Stern, they came out and won. We take a look at the playoff picture, the insane the insane playoff picture in both the AFC and NFC. Nothing that we've seen before. Talk about this COVID nightmare, flops and ballers, 200-point lineup. And we discuss Demarius Thomas a little, a very, very sad story. Rest in peace to a legend. So on that note, let's try to get back to positivity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody, it is Wednesday, December, December fifteenth. We're in the Christmas is 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 ten days away. I mean, it's haunting. It's terrifying. Time time is just flying by, and I think the most important thing about this week, we were literally just talking about it, but we might as well bring it to life on the air. It is Spider Man week. It's finally yes. here. Um, and you know, we might as well just have the same exact conversation again. Just, you know, for anyone who's listening, the way to do tomorrow night, you know, you and I, and, you know, I, I hope many others have planned it perfectly. You watch the Chargers and Chiefs, and then you go right to the movie. There's no better way to pair the night. It, like, and this isn't a shitbag Thursday night game. Like, this is an insane game. It's probably the best Thursday night game since the Cowboys box week one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, probably. It's, honestly, that's. Probably true. Like I haven't, I I haven't looked at all of them. But Thursday night is you know notorious. I believe the cat just did something. Thursday mm-hmm. night is like a notorious, not great matchup, uh, game. But this this one's huge. Schedule makers nailed this, and yeah, like like you said, I mean it bridges the gap a little better. Still gonna have to stay off Twitter all day tomorrow. Because I refuse to go on Twitter. It, even going on Twitter today was today. Like I felt a little dirty doing it. I was like, "Oh, I feel like I'm in murky water right now." I, I hope I don't come across anything. But the only tweets I saw were people explaining that they had gotten stuff spoiled for them, but they didn't spoil anything. So there's been a no Lashawn McCoy tweet this year. Yeah, no, no Lashawn McCoy tweet. Um, I mean, this is one of those things where you could get away. You could get away with not seeing it Thursday, but you got to see it Friday. If you don't see a movie of this magnitude in the first two days, then you're playing a very, very dangerous game. A very dangerous game. And that's why, you know, 
just go for it. Go for that Thursday release. Energy is going to be electric, and tomorrow's is going to be a great day. Yeah, it's just going to be a great day. I'm very, yeah. very excited. So, so there's our Marvel piece. We just had to get that out of the way. Um, to the weekly picks. Uh, we got our mojo back this week. I was actually, it's gone to the. I was shocked. Like when I was looking through it, I was like, "Wow, we did well." Because I'm just so used to us doing shitty like the past five weeks. Ten and four for you. Eleven and three for me. Yep. Yep. You got a game Eight on the game. game. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I was. Before I actually saw what your record was, I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, you know what? I think I got a game or two on Twombly. I'm going to close that gap. I was feeling good. I was feeling confident. And I looked at the recap, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you had a game on me, so I'm back to a four-game – you're back to a four-game lead. And we got – do we want to include the playoffs in this as well? Um, I say we, once the regular season is done, well, whoever wins that record, you win the regular season and then maybe yeah. we could do the playoffs separately. Do we like can do the playoffs playoff separately. I just think. I feel like the playoffs will be like separated by us by like a game or two, because yeah. I feel like the only real chance of separation are those first two weekends. Um, because after that, it's obviously one matchup and I feel like we'll be pretty aligned championship weekend and Super Bowl, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know how it's uh, going to play out. Though that We'll get it to it, but that playoff picture is, whew, is wide open. Oh, yeah. So our games of the week was – do we both have Dallas and Washington? No, my game of the week was pretty spot on with uh, Buffalo in the box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, at first it didn't look like it. First no, half, no, it looked like Buffalo – was dead, but well, I would like uh, to just take some time and, and say, Buffalo fans, I'm I'm sorry, guys. You guys got robbed of a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the no call penalties remind me of the Colts and Bucks game where the refs put on their blinders for uh, Anton Winfield Jr.'s interception on Pick God. But this game, I felt like was worse. I mean, I mean, this was right in front of the ref. He was looking was, at the play. It was right in front. I mean, the holding calls on Stephon Diggs. The the pass interference calls on Stefan Diggs. I mean, I felt like whenever something happened to Diggs, the refs put their blinders on. I mean, I know you don't mind the outcome of this game because that helps your playoff odds. But, I mean, honestly, I do feel bad for Buffalo fans. I mean, it reminded me of a Packers and Vikings game where the refs put on their blinders for every Packers offensive hold for the linemen. But, I mean, all in all, overtime thriller by the Bucks. They got the win. Brady is just Brady scoring a 700 TD breaking the record for most completions. I mean, the dude is an alien that just gets assisted by the referees. And Buffalo, I'm sorry. That, that was a hard one for you guys. Yeah, I mean, just a, that's an absolutely brutal loss. And drop them all the way down to seven. So they're on their lifeline is there now. Uh, I'll quickly talk about mine. Is Dallas and Washington. I mean, not as close as the score indicated. A mind-blowing pick six that Dak threw. Is the reason why it got to one score, but it, you know, was a good fourth quarter. Was a pretty eh, mediocre game. My choice for what the best game of the week was ended almost simultaneously with the Bucks and Bills. I mean, 49ers Bengals, insane game. Yeah. Again, not, not a great game, but the ending was just ridiculous. And George Kittle is a god. I, I mean, when he's fully healthy, this is why. There's an argument. This is why there's an argument. 
easily a top three tight end. When he's at his fullest, I mean, there's a legitimate argument for him and Kelsey, but the problem is the health. And he hasn't been able to string the help together. But if you could get George Kittle at even 80% of this for like a full season, I would love, love to see what that production would look like. Because, I mean, he's he's what you call a superhuman. He's just, he's not. He's human. insane. He's, I mean, what, back-to-back 30-point weeks. The dude is on fire. He's six game or, yeah, six weeks in a row or six weeks altogether, 120 fantasy points. I mean, the dude. Is and that's unstoppable. including the Vikings game. And that's including a, a 2.3. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's he's on another planet right this now. Is not, wait, these, this is not like back-to-back 30-point weeks. You don't expect that from anyone outside of like a quarterback. And you definitely don't expect it out of a tight end. And when you're getting it from a tight end, I mean, that luxury is just ridiculous. But quickly, before we go into the playoff picture, I believe this happened after we recorded last week, and that we have to acknowledge it, it was Demarius Thomas. We didn't, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get to talk about that last we week. Did did not. We? That it did happen. I think I mean, Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah, we recorded Wednesday. Yeah, it happened Thursday Viking night game. during yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, that was and horrible. The way it circulated was so weird. It kind of like reminded me of the Kobe news. Everyone was just like, "Wait, what? 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 What's going on? What's happening?" And then it was real. I was I was definitely shook because Demarius Thomas, like, you know, one of those guys, what was it, I think 2010 he was drafted for most of this decade, which when, you know, you and I, like, I'm not sure about a lot of people, but I know to relate to us too, that's when, you know, we started really ramping up, like, our football fandoms. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that was, you know, forefront there. So I was definitely shook for a few days because Demarius, awesome player, awesome guy by every account. I mean – it was and crazy. Young. He was young. Only 33. 33. I couldn't believe he retired as early as he did. He was only 33. He's he could still be playing in the league. That's what just blows my mind. It just it just sucks. It's it's a really um unfortunate thing to happen. And it, it was brutal. I mean, you knew the Broncos. I mean, I get it, they were playing the Lions, but I don't care who the Broncos were playing. It, it was just one of those moments that they were not losing that game. There's no shot that they were losing that game. And then I'm sure you've seen the clips on Twitter of the Perryman touchdown, almost identical. It's not Maybe. quite identical to his against the Steelers, but it was pretty close. It was then, pretty close. And I'm sure you could find a lot of slant touchdowns similar to that, but the timing of it, obviously eerie. And, you know, it just sucks. It's just, it was brutal, brutal news. And, yeah, definitely had to get that out there. So, We'll try to lighten the mood, try to put a smile on Stern's face now, and get to the playoff picture. Again, rest in peace to Demarius Thomas, a legend. Um, this playoff picture is just – the only wow. way to put it is fucking insane. I you, don't you, think I've ever seen – this is – I mean, this is amazing. This is I, amazing. I think it's for – I mean, the AFC is definitely more competitive with their playoff race, but the NFC – other than the Rams and I guess the 49ers a little bit, that, that seven seed is wide open. That six seed is just about open. For, the NFC is competitive too. It's just there's definitely more the, 500, more over 500 slash better teams in the mix for the NFC. AFC. The AFC is 13 teams that are, or I guess 13 all together, but like six teams, seven, eight teams that are fighting for those 
five, six, and seven seeds. It is the 13th seed and the seventh seed are separated by a game. Same with the NFC. I mean, they both go 13 deep with teams that have a shot at the playoffs. It is absolutely ridiculous. And the matchups, you know, now from this week on, the matchups, there's at least two to three, not big, not huge, massive games a week. That are going to determine this playoff picture. Like the tiebreakers throughout the next four weeks are going to be absurd. I mean, and it starts, I mean, the first three games this week are, I mean, it sucks that one of them is getting massively massively impacted by something Saturday's that we we'll talk about. Be, uh, Saturday's going to be fun. I mean, we got – I mean, it starts tomorrow. Chargers, Chiefs, huge implications. Raiders, Browns. I mean, I know the Browns have 15 people on the COVID list. We'll talk about the COVID list after this because we'll talk about it. And then, I mean, this – if this game lines up to, like, what it could be billed out to be, what the matchups look like, this Colts-Patriots game – you know, when you look back at this regular season, this could be one of the best games of the year. This could easily be one of the best games of the year. And there's just the implications. If the Patriots win their path to the one seed in the AFC East, it's you know, I think it's clear. I think yeah, it's, it's almost it's clear. Clear. maybe not maybe not the one seed because they're still tied with Kansas City and the Titans, but their path to the division, they would just need to beat Buffalo in week sixteen. Yeah. And there you go, locked up. But well, if the Colts you- win Drops the Patriots down. They establish themselves a little more. And please, please beat them. God, beat beat the Patriots. Well, for you, you need you need the Browns to lose against the Raiders. You need to beat the Patriots, and you need probably the Chargers to lose. Because well, those would all be nice. But the thing is. They woke. They they came into their bye week was week fourteen. They came into Sunday without playing a game. Ninth seed. All right, need some things to happen. We go to we we wake up Monday morning and now they're in the sixth seed in control of their own destiny. After they started zero and three, after they started one and four, they're in control of their own destiny. So yes, should they lose, those outcomes would be great. But now it's just about handling your own business. You can't yeah. worry about those other games. 100%. Because if you, you handle your business, that's all that matters. Obviously, the separation would be nice. But they're in the position now where do your job. And I'll yeah. already – I'll recant – I'll do it now. I'll save it for I – won't, I won't even do it later. I'll recant my Frank Reich criticisms. I'm sure you've seen the backtracking on Twitter. Not even backtracking, just holding You're myself so, accountable. There's a lot of time to keep those criticisms up. Trust me, the Zimmer – no, I there's time like for this well. year. I mean, they're the third highest. They have the third most points in football. I mean, that's very impressive with one receiver, really. A quarterback who missed all of training camp and was proclaimed to be done. I mean, it's it's very impressive. And I know I've, you know, on the record here of saying how much I hated Frank Reich. You know, we're very heat of the moment, angry humans. I I officially recant my Frank Reich criticisms because it was unwarranted and unfair. We'll we'll give it some more time. I mean, I know it's year four, and that's already like a solid sample. But let's let's see him with year two of the same quarterback for the first time in his head coaching tenure. I mean, you you, you just can't deny how good. The, I mean, obviously, when you have a superhuman running back, that helps. But given the st- the situation of training camp and whatnot, uncertainty and everything, 
inconsistency at wide receiver to have not just be a top 10 offense. A top 10 offense would have been sick, but a top three, amazing. And Absolutely amazing. They finally realized, hey, we have this running back named Jonathan Taylor. Let's give this guy 20-plus touches a game and see what happens. He's it's very nice to- seeing him get over 20 now instead of 16, 17, and still yes. rattling off 130. It's yeah. very nice to see him get over 20 touches because they win when that happens. It's long overdue. But enough about the Colts. This is not the Colts segment. Uh, but, yeah, they, they that was – that's about as good a bye week can go as I've seen in a while. And I'm not saying it just because I'm a Colts fan. I'm just saying it in general. Like, how often do you see a team jump three spots in the in the standings on their bye week? But, yeah. You got the Patriots at the one seed, nine and four, and then the Dolphins at the 13th seed at six and seven. Now, I know they're not going to catch them, but the fact that there's only a three-game difference between the one seed and the 13th seed it's, anything can happen. It's we're we're in a situation where the most batshit thing can happen right now, and I love it. It's unpredictable. I mean, I know. Yes, could the Patriots end up being the number one seed, which would make my stomach turn because there's just just happening again. The Patriots are just going to be the Patriots. They're going to get the bye week again, and now without Brady, it sucks. I mean, it's it's like the never it's the never ending dynasty, and it's it's sad. I, I hate it. Um, but yeah, Scott Hansen, like it said it perfectly. I don't know if you saw your tweet, or I don't know if you saw his tweet. He said nobody knows who the best team in football is. Nobody, and he's right. Yeah, you, you can make an argument for you know the, the teams tied at the top, but on any literally this year, this has been one of the best football seasons in quite some time. But then yeah, let's AFC is wild, absolutely wild. We'll see how that plays out. And then the NFC, the same. I mean, from 1 to 13, it's a little different. You know, Packers are 10 and 3. Seattle's 5 and 8. But then you'll go to the seventh seed. Washington football team, are, they're 6 and 7, and Seattle's 5 and 8. So there's a game separating there. It's crazy. You're talking about 26 teams right now with a legitimate shot at the playoffs of 32. And obviously, you know, the extra playoff uh, – not playoff team. Well, yeah, the extra team in the playoffs helps. But if you look at the sixth seed for both conferences, it's still seven and six. So if there was only 12 teams allowed, it would still would be the same situation. 26 teams in legitimate contention for a playoff spot with only four weeks to go. I do like that. It's, it's going to be madness. Yeah. But the extra playoff team just makes it so much more fun. And like, I hope it first- stays at 14. 14. Don't don't do sixteen. Don't give us fifty percent of the league making the playoffs. Please yeah, don't, don't do that. that. No, right now I feel like we're at a safe amount, competitive amount. It's going to come right down to the eighteenth game, eighteenth um, week, however you want to say it. But no, it's it's going to come down to the wire, and I can't wait. Yeah, this is crazy, and I I I honestly love the two Saturday games for Week eighteen with massive playoff implications. That was going to be electric. Because remember. Did 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 I suggest it last week that one one day we just do all the NFC games and the next day we do all the AFC games? This is a little, this isn't that, but to a small a smaller extent, you know, this is going to be great. I, I, I those games are going to be and to have two days of football. I know there's only two games, but to have two days of football on the last week, magnificent. And I and I 
I love Saturday games too. Ugh. It just gives you like if you can't watch on Sunday, at least now you have the option to put on a game on Saturday. And that Saturday night game because is when you, Yeah. When you go Ugh. to sleep on, on Saturday watching football, we're all used to like being depressed Sunday night saying, Oh, I have to work the next day. No, no, no. And starting this Saturday, you get two good games, you go to sleep, and what do you wake up to? Another full slate of Scott Hansen. It's amazing. And, again, I can't stress enough. That Saturday night game, oh, I wish I wasn't in, I wish I wasn't a fan involved in that game and I could just enjoy it because the matchup is amazing. But let's talk about the terrifying. And, yes, this is more terrifying than the Patriots potentially being a one seed again. Even more terrifying than the fact that it looks like the Bucks and Patriots are on a collision course. For the Super Bowl, Uh, I mean, yesterday it was 76 players on the COVID list. Uh, I don't know what the number is at today, but officially 18 on Washington football team. I think Cleveland's at like 15. And I mean, this was worse than at any point last year. Like last year, we were getting through it, fighting through it. It was there was obviously a few weeks where we saw a lot of people, but never. No, I I think right now it's, it's. I think we're seeing it in the NBA, the NFL. I think we're just seeing an outbreak, and whether it's I've actually seen a few in the NHL too, like it's yes, everywhere. the Hurricanes team they're they're going down. I think we're just going through another wave of COVID, and now because of how often these players are tested, they are our sample size. I think Dan Orlovsky said that too. That this is just a small sample size of how big it's really affecting everyone else, but now it's happening to all these people who are getting tested. If me, you, and the everyday person were getting tested every single day going into work, I'm sure we would see a lot of these same outbreaks. But because we're not subjected to those same testings like these players are, that's why we're seeing it so so rapidly right now. It's just it's they, they really only have a month to like modify these guidelines, protocols, and make it work. I mean, it could not have happened at a more inopportune time. Like playoff home stretch. The prospect of this impacting playoff seeding, playoff games is very real because of when it's happening. I mean, if they could somehow control this and limit this before the playoffs start, that'd be great. But it's going to affect a t- at least one or two teams are going to be screwed of a playoff spot this year or a legitimate chance of making the playoffs Yeah, because of an outbreak. I mean, start with the Browns. Look at how Baker today. I mean, a lot of these people are vaccinated. So we'll see with how they tests, do. They could come with back. The two tests, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Because, I mean, I think it's close to 90% of the entire NFL is vaccinated. So it's just, uh, you, you, you think most are. of the players that are, you know, testing positive are, you know, vaccinated. But if they're positive, like, I don't know. It's terrifying. It, it, like, I wish this problem happened in the beginning of the year. And it's very selfish of me to say because it's a real, you know, global, real-life issue. But we'll see how this goes. It's it's terrifying. It's yeah. it's terrifying. It's, it's just, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, it seems like every half hour, just tweeting more players, more players, more players. I mean, it was bad when Rodgers got hit with it and he was out. But I think when shit's really going to hit the fan is when we see a lot of big – I know a lot of big-name players right now are out. But when we start seeing the Tom Brady's, Justin Herbert, Mahomes. Like once we start seeing these quarterbacks go out, that's when the NFL is going to change. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. And um, 
Shit. I completely forgot. I just completely blanked on what I was going to say. Uh, I think uh, they're meeting tomorrow, right? The the NFL and the, the players union, they're going to meet tomorrow right. to kind of go over the guidelines. That'd be great. See what they're going to change. But, oh. I mean, what what can you really change? I mean, you, these guys are beating the hell out of each other on the field. I mean, you're not going to wear a mask while playing. And then other than that, what can you really do? You're already wearing a mask in the protocols. And guidelines are already like very, very strict. So, like, how do you make that even stricter? And yes, before yeah. it slipped my mind, I remember what I was going to say seven teams are like in the intensive protocols. Yep. And you That's know, a quarter of the league. You know, <laughs> That's almost one of those 25% of every team in a matter of three days. Terrifying. Terrifying. Please stop. But we'll deal with that as it comes along. <sighs> Whew. To the flops and ballers. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I feel uh, like there's a chance we have the same team because flops this week was pretty hard. I don't think there were that many teams that completely and utterly flopped, but I'll, I'll let you the go. The Bills were 30 minutes away from flopping, but they had that heroic almost yes. comeback that the flop you know, went out the window. Um, I think it – I think this one was easy for me. I think it's the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Because, you know, here we are again. And believe me, it's music to my ears because the Colts play them on Christmas. But there was that, you know, they, you know, everyone came back. They go into the weather in Chicago. They look fine. They win, blow them out, whatever. Here we are, primetime stage, division rival. And I know it came down to the last drive because of a fluky onside kick. Like, if you get the ball back to an onside, I'm just going to call it fluky. It's what it is. They lost by seven, but it really should have been more. And they just yeah. they just kind of got – it was like the closest dominating game I think you could see. Like, they lost by seven, but they didn't look good. Aaron Donald was having his way. The, the first play Tyler of the game. didn't look good. Sorry, go go on. The first play of the game, Donald rushed through and sacked Kyler. Like, literally bull-rushed the offensive guard. Like, he was nothing. He's and insane. Like, maybe, you know, the urgency finally hit the Rams. Like, listen, we got to we gotta write this, and we got to write this now. But what has been the Cardinals' problem? It's been closing out the season. They're a better version of the Raiders where they start out strong. They Their fade usually occurs a little later, but... I mean, it's one game you can't really overreact, but we'll see. They didn't look great. Kyler didn't look great by any means. A few of those interceptions were just, dude, what are you doing? The Leonard Floyd one. What are you doing? I could have picked that off. And it's not look good. Music to my ears again, because the Colts play them in two weeks, and they looked very beatable. I think the Colts can go in there and beat them. They're 3-3 three and three at home. The game's in Arizona. Love that. And I didn't even bring up the biggest thing yet. DeAndre Hopkins now out for the rest of the season. So can someone step up? I mean, A.J. Green, honestly, he's had a very nice season. Uh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is going to have to step up. He's solid. Um, He's like a Gallup where they probably shouldn't be a third wide receiver and they'll probably leave. Gallup's definitely better than Kirk, but Kirk has stepped up when he needed to. Rondell Moore, we're going to see more from him. Uh but yeah, they didn't. This looked like same old Cardinals falling, fall, starting to fall apart. And music to my eyes because please, Colts, I need a good Christmas. 
And you've seen it now on Snapchat. I've said it on Twitter. I've had to give away for my job tickets to this Colts-Patriots yeah, game. It's, and I just sent out the Colts-Cardinals tickets today, too. Just so cruel. So cruel that, coincidentally, the games that we're sponsoring involved with that we give away tickets are Colts games. And it I just, think it's hilarious. Every time I see you tweet that out, it gives me a good laugh. It's just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I told my supervisors, I was like, Yes, I'm sending them out, but you, this is heartbreaking because I'm a massive Colts fan, and here I am just gifting away tickets to huge games to other people who could care less about the Colts. But, you know, enough about me. Cardinals were my flop. I'm interested to see who yours were because we don't have the I'm, same. I'm kind of surprised. To me, like, looking at it, I know we kind of view flops a little bit differently. Like, I know you're very big on the opportunities. For me, it's like if you if you get crushed, like, you're my flop. And for yeah, me, the award fair. goes – to the entire Las Vegas Daniel Carlson's. I mean, you guys are – Very good one. <laughs> you, they're going to have their pregame speech on the Chiefs logo in the middle of the field, stomp on the logo, whatever you want to do in the beginning of the game, and then you proceed to get crushed. The with, first play of the game, what a defensive you, touchdown. Like, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You're a clown team for thinking that was a good idea, and you got what you deserved. I mean, a 48-9 to thrashing. Hunter Renfro was the on, the only positive thing that came out of the Raiders, and that's it. That's where that conversation ends. Nothing else good came from the Raiders. Um, and honestly, Mahomes, he didn't have a monster game. Like, when you're thinking that the Chiefs won 48-9, to you're probably thinking, wow, Mahomes probably threw 400 yards, three, four touchdowns. I mean, he only threw the ball 24 times. He completed it 20 of the 24, only 258 passing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it wasn't this spectacular. Mahomes is definitely back like it was the last time he played uh, the Raiders. But they're still finding a way to win the games. I mean, 48-9, to nine, this is definitely what you want to see as a Chiefs fan. But it, it's, it's good that your special teams is giving you those points. Your defense, Mike Hughes, is giving you those points. But you, you're not getting that from your offense. Where I know your offense didn't need to do that, but – you want them to do that. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I want to see Mahomes throwing the ball 30 times, 300, 400 passing yards, three touchdowns, because that's just the monster numbers we're used to with him. But the Daniel Carlson's, you guys are a joke. Um, I know your team has been centered around a lot of controversy this year, but in a game that seemed like a must-win, you just you just shit the bed, and uh, you're, you're my flop of the week. I just want to know like what they were thinking. It's not like, you know, you played them tough last game. You should have had them. You lost 41-14 to the last game at home. And I think we're all fooled by that one win that they had against them and that one close game. It's not like they – it's not – they're not these chief killers that we kind of make them out to be. We're so trapped because, you know, sometimes we could be clowns ourselves uh, and just fools when it comes to thinking of the NFL like – you know, it's still there's still times where you know you have to second guess yourself. Like, wait, the Seahawks defense is really that bad? Because you still think of the Legion of Boom. Like, we're still close enough to that. I mean, the Raiders had that one win, but Mahomes owns them, and the Chiefs own them. They had that one season where you know they beat them. Then the Sunday night game, they were really close. But other than that, I mean, this is very one sided. And again, you lost forty one to fourteen. Literally, what two to three weeks ago. What 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 are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just ugly. It's it, it's just think that the jokes write there. themselves here. The jokes write themselves. Good. We're, 
We're going to get to another joke pretty soon, not in the flop players, but actually in the baller team that I'm, I'm excited to discuss. So we'll get there soon. But, okay. uh, All right. That'll be good. I'll uh, I'll lead us off with the flop players, and I'm going to take a page out of Twombly's book and just say the refs from the Bucks and Bills game. I mean, you guys are yeah. three blind mice out there officiating. No calls all over the place, but the Bucks get the calls. Just it makes it makes watching football less enjoyable when the refs control the game. You let the players play, and if you're going to control the game, at least call the calls that should be called. Don't just have a no call because you don't want the Bills to win or whatever it may have been. Do not let something that obvious go. I mean, yes, thank you. Complaining about officiating, like it's always like you know a gray area. Like I didn't want to like go in that direction when the Colts and the Bucks played. I mean, the the Colts had the Colts should have won regardless. They kind of beat themselves, you know, with five turnovers. The last thing anyone wants to hear is officiating. But when there's just blatant calls that aren't called, it's just annoying. And when refs, more so in this game than the Colts and the Bucks game, obviously, when I'm not going to say the Bills lost because of the refs. I mean, you, you went down 24 nothing in the first half. You know, maybe if you showed life in the first half, you're not in that situation. Yeah. But, you know, that is what it is. They were in that situation. Like, that can't happen. That, that can't happen in these big games where, uh, the I mean, the screenshot's there. there. There's no excuse for that official to miss a blatant call. There, there's the no excuse. Hold, the interference, it's... And that ref, you know, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Jermaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, they have to talk in the post game. Josh Allen has to talk about how they couldn't, you know, punch it in in the end to win. Stephon Diggs has to talk about, you know, a few catches. Maybe I'm not sure if he had any drops. Probably not. He doesn't drop anything. But a few routes, maybe he could have ran better. A few blocks he could have picked up. Edmonds and Poyer are going to have to talk about how they could have stopped Leonard Fournette better. That ref who stared at Stephon Diggs being dragged doesn't have to say a word about missing such a blatant call. And the refs, this is why there's such a disconnect because they, there's there's times where you could tell, and it happens in the NBA a lot too, where these refs just want, they want, they want some, some of the spotlight. They want to be, they want to be on there. And yeah, I think you're spot on right there. That's a really good way to put it. It's very, very annoying. And Again, I'm not saying the Bills. I know a lot of Bills fans are going to go there. Honestly, I don't even blame them. But when something's that bad, in that big a moment, we would have said this if this was the first play of the game. We said, well, how do you miss that call? The fact that it was it's terrible. Uh, my first flop, I'll just make it short and sweet. He seems to be on here every other week. Travis Kelsey, another three for 27. And it's just typical. This was the year I got him in the second round. I was like, wow, I really robbed Kelsey. And, of course, he's not Kelsey. So that happens. Three for 27. Thank you. Um, I'm going to keep it pretty close to close to home for you. Cortland Sutton. Yep, that was mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just finish it off for you. Yep. <laughs> I went out on a limb. I picked Cortland Sutton as my flex in the 200-point lineup, uh, and he had one catch for nine yards. Almost baffling non-production by him. Baffling. Baffling. But, yes, we both have Cortland Sutton, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you thought of me when you did this. I did. I specifically 
thought to myself, oh, Twomley, 200-point lineup, trying something new. Cortland Sutton, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's safe to say I won't be doing that again. It was a good idea. I, I didn't think it was a bad idea. It just didn't work out. So we're going to look at it as it all. was a bad idea, but I don't think it was bad at the time. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> My last one, I mean – I'm not upset at this flop because it's kind of helping me get into the playoffs and hopefully make a late push to get a championship. DK Metcalf, four catches for 43 yards. I mean, listen, I have Russ and Lockett, and this is what I said way, way back, and we'll get back to our fantasy predictions in a few weeks. You know, if Tyler Lockett got kind of disrespected in the preseason rankings, if he st- if he finished how he started last year, the rankings were going to be different. Well, I think the script is flipping fl- flipping this year. His first two games, nuclear, and then pretty much non-existent from then until the game yeah. against the Jags, and now these past four, five weeks, I believe. I mean, Tyler Lockett is exploding. I mean, and it erupts awesome. this week. 27, Russ, the past two weeks, looks like Russ. I'm just saying this for my sake. Sorry. I mean, this is a flop for DK Metcalf, and now I'm just talking about ballers like an idiot. Uh, those two catch fire. I mean – Pair that with Kamara and JT. I think my team could be a team no one wants to see in the playoffs. But yeah, DK Metcalf, you flopped, dude. Well, coming from a DK Metcalf owner in the Dynasty League where I just crumbled off from a a playoff spot to now not making the playoffs, DK Metcalf is the reason why. I mean, his past couple weeks have been uneventful. I mean, I'm looking at Tyler Lockett's stats right now. Since week 11, 15 points, 12 to technically 13 20 points, 27 points. I mean, Tyler Lockett's been going off to where DK Metcalf, his past five weeks, 5, 7, 2, 11, and 8. Bad. Bad. Horrific. I mean, DK from weeks 1 to 8 was insanity. He was exactly who he was supposed to be. He fell off a cliff to where Tyler Lockett came in and saved the day. So you really looked at them as the one-two punch, kind of getting equal numbers. It's just vice versa. It's when one's hot, the other one's dead. It, it, it just sucks. So you're, you're on the lucky side of things. I am not. Like always. But, it's, just, uh, <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's, it's a very frustrating thing. And you know what? I hope it continues for the next three weeks because my life depends on it. I, uh, I was going to – I got one more flop. Oh. I was going to get pretty crazy – and say Urban Meyer, Mike Zimmer, but no, I'm just going to go ahead and say Allen Robinson. He is just a disgusting bench player for me, and for some reason I won't drop him because I No, you got to drop him because guess what? It's not happening. It's not he's happening. Not, he's he not a target. He, I mean, the Bears can't keep him. It's clearly not working. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. All right, yeah. jump the gun a little, but yeah, to the ballers. I'm going to go first as well because – I'm just doing it. <laughs> you don't want uh, to take your team. And I haven't done this in a while, but I think it was warranted. And I'm just going straight to the Rams. I mean, they got it back on track. They looked like that first eight-week team for the most part. Odell might have turned the corner. I mean, he the last two weeks, he's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty good. And he looked very good last night. 
I mean, if he can, you know, get it right, that, that's huge. You know, makes the loss of Woods a little, a little, you know, less painful. But again, you know, Aaron Donald looked like Aaron Donald again. I mean, and you saw who was out. You know, you get news. You, you know, you wake up as as the Rams organization on Monday, and you find out your starting tight end, the best cornerback in football. They're not playing. They're not playing. And I, they had a few other people out as well. But you go into Arizona again. You know they're not playing well there, but you go into the one seats home and you beat them down. I mean, it did come a little closer than you, you would have liked in the end, but that doesn't matter. They looked better. They looked like the Rams. They looked like at least eighty percent of what the Rams we expected, and they're right back in it. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. That injury cannot be overstated. Understated, I should say. Um, Cardinals still got some games left. Uh, some some tough games left, so they're a game behind. Don't count out the Rams to, to catch, you know, Arizona and get the division again. Uh, it's very, very much in the cards. Um, and I just think, you know, this was a must-win game for them. It really was. We've all seen, you know, what happened prior to the Jags game. They just got their ass whooped over and over, you know, in prime time for two of them. So good on them. It was a must win. It was a good win. And Matthew Stafford looked awesome. He looked awesome on Monday. So good for them. I I like to see that they righted the ship. I would say uh, one of the coolest parts of that game, too, was Van Jefferson yes. scoring the touchdown and his dad freaking out on uh, the Cardinals sideline because he's the Cardinals wide receiver yeah. coach. Amazing. Wasn't even happy his son scored the touchdown, which I respect and I love. That is you're coaching for the Cardinals. He 100% felt nothing towards that touchdown for his son. Just love that. Love that dynamic. And, I thought it was awesome. And Dan Orlovsky, like, he made a video that was perfect. Obviously, that Herbert throw was stupid, inhumane. The Stafford throw to Van Jefferson was, was also awesome. insane. Van Jefferson couldn't have dropped that ball if he wanted to. Yeah. Like, you know, the reason why I'll give Stafford the very slightest age, I mean, Herbert's what, 23, 24? He's still got, you know, a lot, a lot of juice. Stafford's injury list, you know, you could, you could go with pages. He's 34 or 33 and made that throw with ease across his body. I mean, insane throw. He's still got a lot left. And I just love Stafford. He's a very easy guy to root for. I'm just happy for the Rams. I mean, good good for them. Good for Stafford. Uh, yeah. And they balled out. Yeah. All right. I like it. We did not have the same baller team or flop team. Good. I uh, like that. My, my baller team was tough. I mean, for the first half and three-fourths of the third quarter for the Vikings game, they were my baller pick. And then the pending employment came. And, yeah. Is that a word? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I tried to avoid this conversation the entire podcast. Well, it's but... easy when the Thursday game like escapes us because now it's almost a week away. But I'm sure we'll be talking about them in a few minutes. Oh my god! It was... All right, and another baller team—they didn't even play. They didn't even step on the field this week. I mean, the Colts, like you said, I feel like the Colts have been your baller like the past three weeks. They didn't even—they didn't even play, and they were my baller team. Everything went their way. I mean, I really needed the Bengals to beat the 49ers. No, that didn't happen. Good for you, Tuomly. We beat the Steelers. The, 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 
the Bills lost. It was a very good bye week for you guys who are grateful. I mean, everything that needed to happen happened, happened. other than the Chargers losing. The Chargers losing really would have just been ridiculous because that would have gotten the Colts to the, the five seed. Yeah, that would be but. Bad. And then I was telling you the scenarios after they beat Houston. I was like, all right, this is what needs to happen. I mean, they could very – and it was very – none of it was unlikely. Yeah, so, it wasn't crazy. They only needed – It was all very possible. Yeah, these were all games that you could – the only unlikely one, which didn't happen, which was obvious. The Chargers on no universe were losing to the Giants. But Vikings beating the Steelers, shock anyone. Maybe the way the game went, sure. And then, I mean, there was a second where there was a moment where I thought the Bucks and 49ers really were going to choke. I mean, they both had double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, and they both had to come to overtime. And the 49ers were trailing in overtime, but they both won. All three teams that they needed to lose, well, three of the four they needed to lose lost. So we love that. I mean, like I said before, I've never seen a team on a bye week win the way they won. I mean, they jumped up three spots this late in the season. Huge. And they were going to I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. But my real baller, which this even – this hurts. It's like hurts for me to come out and say, but it's the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and – That wasn't even your baller? What is going on right now? <laughs> what is going on? You picked two teams. You picked the Colts as an excuse – to pick two teams, you, you're like, all right, I'll, 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 I'll what, what an it, what a madman, what a madman. They are <laughs> the best team in football, the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, that hurts. Uh, so yeah, just like I called out the Raiders for stomping on the logo, the Bears player for doing the discount double check. Bell, I mean, Robert Quinn, you've been in the league for twelve years. You should know better. He is that. That is just this. Stupidest, the stupidest, stupidest, stupidest thing. You do not mock Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't end well. Has it ever, ever, ever ended well for someone who mocked Rodgers? No. I can no. tell you right now. It doesn't. And it's happened like three times this year, and it ends poorly every time. Rodgers is – he's – as much as I hate him, I respect him because he's got the switch in his head that if you fuck with him, he's going to turn it on and just go off. I mean, a 45-30 to 30 beat down – Rodgers with almost 350 passing yards. He had 341, four touchdowns. Guy was on fire. Uh, he owns the Bears. I mean, the Bears should give him a stake of ownership in their team because he just owns them. I mean, really the only other player who owns a team is Brady with the entire AFC East making them his pet. But other than that, it really is Rodgers and the Bears and sometimes Rodgers in the NFC North. But as much as it's a bowler pick for the Packers – and I know I discussed Allen Robinson earlier, but Allen Robinson is a bum. Um, he gave up on his block of a corner downfield on a Justin uh, Field that one. That if he just kept the block, Justin ran for a touchdown. So very disgusting, very ugly, and and plays like that make me cringe. Especially, I'm not a Bears fan, but if I was a Bears fan, I'd say bench him. Your time here is done. I don't know if you have playing incentives. We're not going to get you those. Whatever it is, you just don't want to be here. It's pretty evident that he does not want to be in Chicago anymore. It's just the marriage is coming to an ugly close. 
other than that, the Packers, man, they handle business. They do it again, and the Packers are going to pack. So, yeah, they are, unfortunately, my baller this week. I can't blame him for, like, being done because the organization's a shit show. They haven't done anything to help him. But what has Justin Fields done to you? Like, come on. You're at a point where you could get the kid hurt. Like, that's just – it was a poor look. And a guy who's, like, universally likable, like, no one really has anything against him. But that was just just a poor sign of, of, you know, effort and whatnot. But he's out of there. I wouldn't hold it against him. I know he's done. But, like, it just it's just a bad look. But, yeah, the Packers, they're insane. Uh, they're insane. So my first baller, I mean, this one hurts me. It is because it just goes against everything I believed. And that's James Conner. He just killed my Chase Edmonds hype, and I'm probably never going to draft James Ed- Chase Edmonds again. That pick has screwed me in so many cases this year. But two rushing touchdowns. He's got 14 now, only behind Taylor. Nine catches for 94 yards, only 31 rushing yards, so it's clear what James Conner's role is. But what a season. The injury that I kept predicting would happen never happened. He's fully healthy, and he's just a monster, an absolute monster. And he, he went off last night. They didn't lose. He definitely played no part in their loss, but monster performance again by James Conner. It's the James Conner, Leonard Fournette, and Joe Mixon just – Revival. Prove every prove everyone wrong year. All three of them came to play this year and said, "I'm going to show all the haters, anyone who's doubted me, that I know how to play go, play ball." And yeah, yeah. James Conner could even throw Cordero Patterson in there. I yep. mean, Mixon yep. still you probably could have predicted as a top ten. But oh, I'm sorry, who else did you say? I'm blanking on who you just said. Leonard Fournette, Joe yeah, Mixon. Fournette. So, yeah, yeah, Fournette, Connor, and Patterson. You would have never expected in your wildest dreams to have them in the top ten. And then you add Mixon in there, who's got, you know, very shaky track record. That's almost half of the top ten. None of those guys were first-round picks. Maybe Mixon was a second, but then Connor, Patterson. Pa- Patterson definitely wasn't drafted. Patterson and then wasn't Fournette drafted. and Connor, you know, you're talking eighth round or later. Definitely is going to change the running back outlook next season for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so I'm happy you did not take my player, Daddy Dalvin Cook. I left him for you. I left him for you. I'm not kidding. There was a point in this game in the first half where I'm sitting here and watching with Isabella, and I'm like, he's going to beat Adrian Peterson's record. He was The way he was rushing against the Steelers, it was just – it was like – Derrick Henry rushing against high schoolers. It, it was absolutely insane. The cuts he was making, the wide open gashes, the holes. He was running through everything. He had 176 rushing yards at halftime. It was the most rushing yards in a half this season and the most since Adrian Peterson. It's just it's insane. It, it was a game like no other. And I know it, it kind of went away in the second half. He only finished the game with 205 yards, but only, only. I mean, he he realistically could have broken the 296 rushing yards record in a game held by another Minnesota Viking. So I, I'm pretty upset that that did not happen. I'm happy it like to be at least like 250. Yeah, yeah. The the 200 was nice, but to to break that 250, 260 would have been very nice. But yeah, Daddy Dalvin Cook, my man. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was wild. I mean, in that first half, you could argue that's the best he's ever looked. 
Ever. Like, he came back from Ever. his shoulder injury where players were on their knees. He went on the cart. You thought Dalvin Cook was done. There he is less than two weeks later, and he's never looked better. So I have him in one fantasy league. I'm going against him. So, of course, you know, you got that awesome playoff matchup where, you know, you're you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, monster, monster performance. Yeah. I talked about him more than my flop player, his teammate, but I'll, now I'll give him his proper – I mean, I already said everything I needed about Tyler Lockett, other than the stat line. Five for 142 and a touchdown. I mean, we, we, we said our Tyler Lockett discourse. He's going off. He balled out again. I'm just hoping him and Russ can keep it up and carry me through the playoffs in one of my leagues. But, yeah, Tyler Lockett, maybe he's flipping that switch and he's going to do a reverse of last year, and it looks good. I like it. Lockett, while I was looking up his stats, he had an identical stat line, except he had 13 catches for 142 yards and a touchdown earlier in the season. I mean, Mr. 142 yards right there. But, yeah, Lockett, if he flips that switch, he's going to win people leagues. So, And another person, on. another person who I have never said this man's name ever in bowlers, in flops, in anything other than just – being a bust of a draft pick. But I don't care if it was against Houston. This man was a first-round pick and was forgotten. <laughs> Rashard Penny. The finally. Finally. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm a if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm gonna say, like, where have you been? The best game of his career. Only 16 rushes for 137 yards and two touchdowns, 26.8 fantasy points. I mean Yes, was it probably a blimp? Yes, is it probably not going to happen again? I don't know. But the fact that he did this just gives Seahawks fans hope. And You know what type of podcast we are. We're going to look at things week by week. I'm going to get hope. I picked him up in my dynasty league. I have a bye week, or not dynasty, the two quarterback. So if he bowls out this week, I don't even have to worry about it. I don't have to think about starting him. I have a bye week. I can watch him on my bench. And if he kills it, Okay, I just got my second running back after losing Gus Edwards and Derrick Henry, and now I'm on to A.J. Dillon and Cordero Patterson, but I still have a bye. And if Rashad Penny can come and do this, he's going to win me my league. I Probably think, not going to happen. But. I think, you know, I mean, the Texans are the 32nd-ranked run defense. And yeah. on top of that, just honestly one of the more pathetic just units and teams we've seen in quite some time. Very so I think the explosion is certainly an anomaly, but the burst and the production is certainly very, you know, just reassuring. Like I don't, I don't know if twenty six is going to be in the future for the next few weeks, but fifteen, sixteen, seventeen for a team that loves running the ball, I think is very doable. You know, if he can just, you know, produce half of this. I mean, half of this is still what, you know almost 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Probably a few catches in there. I don't know. So you'll still get around 14, 15, which you'll take for a running back too. And if he stays healthy, maybe, you know, I mean, he was a first round pick. Uh, we'll see again. I mean, the Texans will make anyone look good. So we will have to monitor that, but I think it's just a nice sight. And maybe it's a sign of, you know, a little better to come for Mr. Rashad Penny. And my final one, I mean, the fact that I put him as three was kind of crazy, and the fact I could even say him is crazier. I mean, it's George Kittle. I mean, again, yeah, 
freak, god, monster. He's been the best tight end since week since he returned from IR, yeah. and it hasn't been close. Mark Andrews has been pretty good. Other guys have been good. It hasn't been close at all. No, 13 he, for 151, a touchdown. As they started, as you could see that they were starting to, you know, lose the lead, then trail in overtime. George Kittle was like, no, we're not losing this game. We, we, we're just not going to lose this game. I mean, amazing. He's nuts. He's just nuts. a freak two of weeks, nature performance. Two weeks, 39.6, 34.1. You don't I, see that. Just wow. You just don't see wow. that. It's like 73.7 points. It's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. And uh, my last pick – uh, Mr. PPR himself, kind of like a Deontay Johnson, but Hunter Renfro, 13 yeah. catches, 117 yards, a touchdown, 28.7. I mean, y- you look up his stats all year long, he's just Mr. PPR. The guy gets receptions. The guy puts up yards. If you throw a touchdown on there, he's putting 20 points a week. Consistently in the teens, every single game, He he's someone who – I wish I had on my team, and when I'm going up against him, I'm a little bit nervous because you don't know if he's going to catch the ball 12 times or put up 100 yards. It's just he's a sneaky player to he, put up points. He's like Deontay. Like you, when you're starting him, you're confident you're going to get at least 12 to 13, which you'll take. You'll take that. And then, again, like you said, if you add in the touchdown, boom, you got a, you got a beautiful game out of him. But, yeah, run for a – I have a feeling he wasn't on that logo. Like I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him as a person to do that. Or if he was, he was like on the outside saying, "Yeah, uh, he wasn't in the middle." I don't, I don't know if this is a great idea, but we love Renfro. I'll go with my clown team first because I really don't have a lot to say, uh, and we've said most of it already. So, first thing was again, no game. They didn't play this week. Still moved up three spots. They're firmly in the sixth seed. They've had some big games the past month, none bigger than this. I mean, can't focus too much on the past, but Jim Irsay, Frank Reich, the Colts organization knows what this game means, what this opponent means. You haven't beat them in freaking 12 years. That's got to end. Um, It's just a statement game. They had the Bills game followed up by losing to the Bucks, And it wasn't – they didn't get blown out by the Bucks. They probably should have beat the Bucks. People know that they can compete with the big boys. You kick the shit out of the Bills – that can't be the only winning team you beat. Show up Saturday night, win this game, end the drought, please, and further establish yourself as, you know, maybe a dark horse to make a little bit of a run in the playoffs. So starts there, and you got to make Mac Jones beat you. I mean, I know he's looked very good this year, but, I mean, you don't you don't have a quarterback only throw three times if, you know, you have complete and other faith in him. I know the elements were there, but I still think it's very wild that he only threw three times. The Colts' specialty on defense is stopping the run, so, you know, it's still tough. I don't want people to think I'm saying, oh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is very good, and they very, very well may lose with him, you know, throwing the ball and dice him up. But try to make him one-dimensional, get to him, try to force some turnovers, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. I mean, this game's gonna be amazing. I, I really hope. I think it's I, gonna be great TV. I think it's gonna be a great. Obviously, I would love to see the Colts just you know come in off the bye, kick the shit out of the Patriots. What worries me is that the Patriots are also coming off a bye, and we know Belichick off a bye is crazy. Uh, but Frank Reich, the past 
three years, has a better record <laughs> after the bye than Bill Belichick. So, you know, yeah. we like that. Something, but stats, we love just stats. Please, I just, I mean, if they beat the Patriots, obviously if they beat Brady, that would have been amazing. But if I could have trade, if I were to, you know, take one of the two, this obviously, the AFC game is a lot more important. But please just win. Please. And then, yeah, that's that's what I had. I mean, this game is this game is so huge. On so many, for it's a lot bigger for Colts fans than Patriots fans. The Patriots haven't lost to the Colts in twelve years. We're still trying to beat them again, so we need this win. Like just as a city, as a fan base, you got to in the playoff hunt. And Hard Knocks will be even more electric if they win. So How please, Goodell, make us win. I gotta. I keep saying it, but I gotta watch Hard Knocks. I have HBO Max. So there's no reason why I'm not I watching it. it. I could watch it while working. There, there's no reason why I'm not watching it. So I gotta. I gotta dive in. It's awesome. Um, and I'm jealous that it's your team too. That's awesome. Um, my my everyone sit tight. My clown team is a little bit long this week, and I I, <laughs> I do apologize. Um, I just can't have nice things. I I can't have one game where I can feel peace. Uh, this team is built to drive me fucking crazy. I cannot believe that Mike Zimmer hasn't died of a heart attack on the sidelines. <laughs> and I can't believe that I haven't had a stroke while watching at home. I mean, just Vikings fans can't have nice things. A 29-0 lead going into halftime where our offense looks great. Our defense looks stellar. Dalvin Cook is running like a god. Um, everything's going well except for Kirk Cousins, who's missing Justin Jefferson on three touchdowns. I mean, Kirk was literally three bad throws away from Justin Jefferson putting up 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first half alone. I mean, it just felt like everything was clicking for once, a peaceful night. I'm just watching this first half, and I'm like, I can finally relax. I was like, we're finally making stops on defense. I can breathe. Things are good. And then it happened. It finally started to implode. The Kirk Cousins interceptions, the defense giving up the big holes to Najee Harris, the offense stalling. It was just a perfect recipe for the Steelers to come back and win that game. I mean, two minutes left in the third quarter, and we're still winning 29-0, and I'm sitting there saying, we're going to lose this game. There's no reason why, as a fan, I should be thinking that. That's just insane. There's no reason why I should be thinking that, and it almost happens. As more and more time went by, I confidently confidently felt that the Steelers were going to come back and win the game. And if it wasn't for Harrison Smith punching the ball out on the fourth and two to end the game, they would have got the touchdown, gone for two, probably have gotten that and tied it. And I know, I know how the Vikings luck is. We would have lost in overtime, but ugly, just all around ugly. We can't just win a nice game. And honestly, we, we haven't talked about this player at all in this episode. Chase Claypool. You oh, my God. Colin Robinson, you are a damn fucking clown. Shame on us for not both putting him as the flop because he was the flop player. He was the year. He I is. I, I, I can't stand him. He's an asshole. And the fact that. When that play ended after they finally spiked the ball and they freaked out on the offensive lineman, your child, when you went on the podium and blamed the offensive lineman for taking the ball out of your hands, you are a fucking child. Chase Claypool, I had respect for you. I have none for you. I don't care if you were on the Steelers and you're, you helped lose that game for the Vikings and, and help us win. Just, 
your your actions in that game are just disgusting. So Chase Claypool, you're an idiot. Thank you for helping us win. But yeah, we we have all the talent in the world to be the best team in the in the league, and we have all the talent to be the worst team. I don't know what team is ever going to show up on Sundays, and it hurts. It hurts to watch our team play like this. So that is all I have because one day I'm going to die of a heart attack watching this team. Take a look uh, right above the creating a 200-point lineup in our dock. My boss, okay. <laughs> it's, my friend just sent that. And it's it's incredible. It was an incredible picture. Um, yeah, I mean, he's such an easy player to dislike. Like, I, I, I don't think Steelers fans like him either. He was getting torn apart and to really blame Trey Turner he's he's already been I was so happy when Ryan Clark just shredded him apart and so many people just shredding him apart Twitter Twitter roasted him for 24 hours straight I've never seen the Twitter world come together to roast one player for a mistake in so long and because that wasn't it like that wasn't the only thing he did it was all game He's so unlikable, and he doesn't know how to run block either, something that Michael Pittman's very good at. Just another, you know, thing. (laughs) So my matchup of the week, I kind of sold out here, uh, but I'm going to flip the switch. It's it's obviously the Patriots and the Colts. I'm sorry. I mean, it's the best. If this game goes the way it's billed out to be, you're looking at one of the games of the year. Uh, I just – I'm going to just, you know – I'm gonna I'm gonna bow to what I don't like to do. I'm including my team. Saturday night, I mean, this huge game. My 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 other one was the Bengals and the Broncos, which equally is a massive game. But prime time lights. Come on, <laughs> this game is. I like it. Who uh, you're taking the Colts to win? What score you got? If you had a if you had a guess. Oh, I'm gonna pick the Colts to win. 27 to 24 a very basic three-point score i'm um i like it i uh i kind of went with the obvious answer i not saying i took the easy way out but just the prime time aspect of the Chargers and chiefs i had to take them uh both teams coming off big wins the winner gets the lead in the division it's a perfect recipe to be the game of the week and when we had these slam dunk games of the week, they never pan out, and I'm hoping that this one doesn't disappoint. Oh, I think yeah. it will pan out. I think, I, I, I think it's going to pan out. out. I'm hoping it, it pans out. Yeah, and, and you know, th- thankfully, we don't have anything invested in this game, so we could just enjoy, hopefully, what's an amazing football game, and then just go right to Spider-Man. So that's, yes. that's yes. what's on that. Yes. I, I mean, Saturday I knew- night. Even though it's going to be a great game, I'm still more excited for Spider-Man. There's nothing I'm more excited about right now. Oh, yeah, don't lie. The only thing that I would have been more excited for was a Colts game, and it still might have been been tough. But, yeah, I'm glad, you know, with the way the season started, that I'm feeling this way about a game now. Like, the anticipation is there. You almost gave up. I almost did. I was a game away from – I said I'm almost about to, like, not care if I miss games. Well, they're must-watch television, so I'm glad I'm not missing games. But, yeah, I mean, it's starting to really sink in. And I think tomorrow after Spider-Man and all that, I mean, this game is this game is so big. It's so, so big, especially against this 
fucking team. Just please beat them. Please. To the 200-point lineup. Now, you see, we haven't said who won yet. And while Stern, you know, went ahead and picked the flop of Cortland Sutton, rightfully so, one catch for nine yards, it didn't matter because I still won. So I have a quarterback curse. Whoever I take as my quarterback <laughs> sucks that week. It is. I don't. I don't have our players from last week saved, but I do know I had Kittle again. So thank you for giving me Kittle again. Had Aaron Rodgers nailed that on the head, and I definitely had one or two other guys who went off because I won. Uh, but yeah, one fifty nine point six to one fifty four point eight. Still nowhere near that two hundred, and no. Nope. Nope. We're three, Here we are in week. There. This is week fifteen now. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. So I'm picking Jonathan Taylor with the first pick because, and I'm gonna learn from my mistake because I wanted to do it last week. Give me George Kittle. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Oh, you let me get him two weeks in a row. You stupid bastard! I didn't think I had to pick a tight end I, last week. I knew it, and when you picked him, I was like, no. No, I didn't think you were going to pick him that early. So I learned. I learned from my mistake. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I guess. Uh, shit. You know, I'm going to ride with the hot hand. Give me just, give me Justin Jefferson. Come on. Wow. No. Give me Cooper Cup. No. <laughs> you almost had the comeback with Kyler and Cup. I know. Kyler's just an asshole. Yeah, he's 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 not great. Uh. Okay. Do I double dip here? Do I double dip? I'm you know what? Give me Dalvin. I don't even know who the Vikings are playing this week. <laughs> the Bears on Monday night. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I'm very confident about that. Week. Give me Devontae Adams again. He was just a god. Oh, yeah. I forgot they get their annual December Monday night game that nobody wants to watch. And it's not the Vikings. It's not the Vikings part. Give the Vikings a – make it Vikings-Packers on Monday night. Why do we still have to see the Bears five times a year on primetime? Back-to-back primetime for the Vikings. I'll take it's it. not the Vikings part. The Vikings are entertaining. But I hate seeing them play the Bears. Yeah, Isabella yeah, can watch me. Who do they, who do they play again? week 16? I know I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but who do they play the next week? Uh, I think it's the Bears, Packers. So, come on. <sighs> and then I think we face the Bears again. It was weird that. Yeah, they still get the Bears twice. Yeah, this is the first time we played the Bears all year. It's very annoying. Okay. Um. All right. You took Devontae and Cup. That's a whole line of mine. Damn it. You know, he kind of got lost in the mix because he had a bye last week, but the Jets are god-awful. Give me Jalen Waddle. Give me my boy Alvin Kamara again. Yeah, he came back with a bang last week. And I'm hoping that the, the duel of him and JT, you know, do good things for me. Okay. Give me Aaron Rodgers again. Before net, I don't. I don't even remember who the Packers are playing this week. I'm not on my, not on my spot. Oh yeah, that's who also went off for me, Mister Fournette. Number who are the number Packers playing this week? Why, why do I not know who who's playing at all this week? 
I uh, I did the I put in all the the, the teams in our pickums too this morning. So who are the Packers playing? That's a good question because I already exited out. I don't. I should know this, but you know I don't. So Ooh, okay. we got a little controversy for a Thursday night football game. Tell <laughs> <laughs> who the Packers are playing. God damn it. <laughs> Umamed, the Baltimore in Baltimore, and they don't. Oh have- yeah, he's gonna shred them apart. Yeah, he's gonna shred them. They have nobody. Um, okay. Huh. Well, you took Kittle, so I'm just gonna take Dawson Knox. He's been very good lately. That's good for you. I'm gonna take. <laughs> Give me a. That's a weird. You know, I was I I was been debating between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans this whole time, but I'm actually just gonna say fuck it and go with David Montgomery. Oh my god, nice. I mean, Monty's solid. Monty's very solid. Okay, okay I'm just going through the matchups again. Devontae and Justin. Hmm. What do I what do I want? Who do I want? This is a tough this is one of the toughest decisions I've ever made in my life. I like it. I like it. Two hundred point lineup. Because I can't find Have we kept track of who's how many we've won? Like who's won more? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Probably should have, right? Uh, I didn't think about that one. We would just go back and listen to all the episodes. Yeah, we'd have to go back and listen. Uh, yeah. Why can't I see who the Bucks are playing? Oh, there they uh, are. Saints. Saints. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Chris Godwin. Yeah, I thought about it. I just couldn't pick between him and Evans. All right, I am going to go with the Dolphins defense. You said Jets have been god-awful. Yeah, I, I picked them up. Luckily, I had them available in the league. So, you know, that's the barbecue chicken right there. They're going to destroy the Jets. And they're going to be 7-7 seven and seven after starting 1-7, and seven, which is wow insane. Uh, give me the Cardinals defense. I think the Lions just won't really pose much of a threat. I'm surprised. I had the Cowboys defense as my number two. Um, give me Matt Gay. Wow, I can't believe you just did that. Okay. <laughs> All right, you still got Justin Tucker. I wasn't going to take Justin Tucker. How dare you try to make picks for me? I'm taking Nick Folk. I think there the Colts will hold him to three and out a bunch, but he's going to yeah. hit some field yeah. goals. Get a big one there. You're going to root for him to know. kick field goals. This one. for it. Now, since I just talked myself into the curse, I originally had Herbert, but because of the curse and knowing what your pick is, I'm taking Mahomes. I'm going to curse myself Wow, with Mahomes. Look at that. Right, Patty Mahomes. Okay, run, run down your team. We got uh, Mahomes, Lenny Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, George Kittle, David Monty, Dolphins, and Matt. Not straight. I got Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, 
Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, Dawson Knox, Chris Godwin, the Cardinals defense, and Nick Falk. I'm guaranteeing 200 points this week. I have the better team. I, I'm just looking at it, and it's going to happen. Okay. That's <laughs> first guarantee. We have a guarantee. I, I read those first four names, and I was like, I'm getting it this week. I'm getting it. We have a guarantee. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see who wins. <laughs> That's a Paul, guarantee. what's your uh, Thursday Night Football prediction? Okay, so I want the Chargers to win for the sake of just, you know, for them. But I think the Chiefs got it. I just think the Chiefs, I think they righted the ship. Their defense has allowed 27 points the last three games. Uh, Just, the Chargers have put together two great performances now. But against the Giants really doesn't mean anything. I know they already beat the Chiefs once, but... I'm still. I still need to see one more moment from the Chargers to like officially be like, all right, they have arrived. A win here would cement it, but I do have the Chiefs winning twenty-seven to twenty-one, and then I have myself getting up and watching Spider-Man immediately after. All right, I have um, Chargers winning thirty-five to twenty-nine. I put the curse on myself by picking Mahomes in the two hundred point lineup. So hopefully, see Herbert come out and ball. So, yeah, I want to see the Chargers win. I want to see them be first in the division. I would like it to. I'm not going to lie. I definitely would like it to, but, you know, that's not what I picked. So, maybe it is what it is. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Closing thoughts, sir. Start us off. You know, my chest hurts. Watching the Vikings is physically becoming unhealthy for me. Um, I, I am happy that they were on prime time and everyone was able to watch the meltdown and kind of just understand the pain that I go through week in and week out rooting for this team. And all you Colts fans who are rooting for us, uh, following you on Twitter, seeing all the other Colts fans on Twitter rooting for us felt really good. I know it's because you need the Steelers to lose, but also it was nice. I mean, everyone really got to see what a disgraceful organization so (laughs) everyone listeners pray for my health because it just hurts it it really hurts yeah it was tough you got the full experience so as always i'll start it off manifesting victories for both the colts and the vikings please dear god let us both win both in prime time this week so let's get some prime time victories we won't have to stream illegally this week so that's always nice Still scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been proud, Dad. Forgot about that. My bad. Uh, fantasy gods guide us through the playoffs. We're not in the playoffs in the same league. So, you know, I could root for both of us to win, get some money. And please, for the love of God, bring the Patriots back down to earth. This winning streak, this seven-game bullshit-ass winning streak needs to end. This 12-year drought needs to end. Go win on primetime in front of the faithful at Lucas Oil Stadium, please just kick their ass. Make me wake up Sunday a happy, happy boy. And let's have a beautiful week 15 of football. Spider-Man, no way home. Woo! Let's do it. What a week. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. Don't get Spider-Man spoiled for you. And have a blessed, blessed, blessed day and weekend.